number one cannabis grow show. Live from Nova Scotia, Canada. Your number one stop for all things cannabis. My name is Ray. And I am Pache. Wow, I grew two pounds. 1,100 grams. This is Plant Therapy Live. Therapy Live. Welcome, Cannabis Army, to the show that teaches you how to make your buds stack so you can make some extract. Oh, yeah. And by extract, (laughs) I mean uh, RSO specifically or uh, Rick Simpson oil, Uh, or at least for for this evening uh, there, Mr. Pache. How are you? I am doing quite well, sir. How are you? Well, I'm fired up here. I want to welcome uh, aboard some new uh, listeners, part of the Cannabis Army from Buenos Aires, Argentina, which I thought was kind of uh, interesting there. Um, Also adding listeners this week, Pache, from Gachina and St. Petersburg in Russia uh, as well. So I do want to extend a hello uh, to our Russian friends. We do send love uh, to you from PlanTherapy.live. And what's going on with you this evening, Mr. Pache? Well, sir, uh, not too much. I, uh, I've been doing some low-stress training uh, in the, uh, in the net. But before I get to that, I just want to mention that, uh, on a personal note, it is getting nice outside. We're hitting double digits, Ray. Oh my I'm going goodness. camping this weekend. What? You're going camping. I'm, go- I'm going camping this weekend. I cannot wait. Oh dude, it might be a little <laughs> chilly. To camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in the evenings this week, I'm going to be getting prepared. So I'm not worried about the cold. Not worried. Um, like, are you going to start sleeping out? Oh, you know, t- are you sleeping outside tonight? Uh, no. <laughs> I just mean by getting my gear ready <laughs> in in the evenings. No, uh, I think I think you should definitely uh, start. You know, preparing yourself for the the cold uh, the cold evenings. Maybe you know, sleep outside tonight for like three or four hours just to get yeah, yourself I have used a heater. to it. I have a heater. I'm not worried about any of that. <laughs> the, me and Mother Nature are uh, in sync with <laughs> with one another completely. Um, but listen, we're we're trying to get closed on a winner for our contest that we have on the go. Why don't you tell everybody what the contest is and how they can enter? Well, the contest is uh, you come over and go to planttherapy.live, pop over. There's going to be a Facebook button. Hit that. Get over to our Facebook page. Give us a like, and then we will enter you into a draw to win some Diablo Nutrients products. And while you're uh, checking us out on planttherapy.live, check out our new uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts. Yeah, check us out. Awesome. Yeah, in there playing around, getting everything linked up. So um, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But tonight's going to be a big night, Pache. Um Tonight we break down oil and uh, RSO and talk a little bit about my personal cannabis idol. Um, I know we've talked about doing this episode for um, for a while now. Absolutely. Actually. So I am excited uh, to do this one with you uh, tonight and, and finally get it done. Um, Pache, when I when I was thinking today, you know, and when I think back about a lot of this stuff, you know, I really can see how all of this changed the outcome of like who I am today. Right. It's insane. So we'll get into that in a few minutes, but uh, I am really curious to hear uh, where you're at in your grow this week. Pache, you're using Diablo nutrients and Diablo push. Um, any major differences popping out where you're at this week? 
Well, it's uh, it's been an interesting grow. Uh, I flipped a flower just this week. And I did my last uh, trim and topping 10 days before I flipped. And um, yeah, so now in the last four days, four days before flipping to flower, I added um, two new products. The molasses, which is the carb, the Diablo liquid carb, as well as um, the stunt. And so the stunt is sort of part of that trifecta um, of push, frost, and stunt. And this is, uh, this is what's going to really help push the, uh, the THC content. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. I'm doing a lot of low stress training in the scrog net and, uh, I, you know, you can just start, is it the pistols, Ray? Is that, uh, cause they're really starting to pop now. Yeah. The little hairs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Uh, so things are starting to fill in nicely. The scrog net is filled in probably about 90%. Uh, so I'm still doing a lot of low stress training and I'm really carefully placing where I want the stems to be and, you know, and how they're going to fill out, um, you know, over the next two months because it's a, a 10 week flowering cycle. And you do such a great job of this, by the way, just to say. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's a little time consuming. It takes a few hours to do, um, you know, you know, each day. Um, because you want to get them all the new growth while it's, you know, pretty soft and, and, um, easily workable, malleable. Um, yeah, so I'm really sort of enjoying it. Uh, the, the net is filling out nicely. Uh, the plants are taller than I would ordinarily like, which is due to not, you know, not having enough time earlier and doing the, the low stress training that it needed to have happen. But uh, you know, it's still going well, but I'm running out of room up, up at the top. So though I'm really hoping the stunt product uh, comes through and the stunt product is going to um, switch the plant from growing vertically and growing up and growing um, in wide. And so less length, more girth, I guess. So that's about all that's going on in uh, in my sort of world with my grow. Uh, what is going on with you? Yeah, I know you had a very exciting week um, on one side of the equation, and I can't wait to hear all about it. Twenty-eight. <clears throat> um, yeah, so go ahead, Ray. I want to hear uh, about your grows. Well, there's not much going on that's not fucking exciting. <laughs> Let nice. me tell you, right? Uh, we we got our lights. Uh, and, we've and what got, kind of lights? Uh, we got the uh, Spider Farmer SF four thousand times oh. twenty times twenty eight. Um, twenty eight SF four thousands. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Replacing like, some, you know, some blurples, if you will, <sighs> that that were installed and 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 purchased, um, you know, long before I became uh, involved in this equation. So, yeah, that's like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the major leagues. Hey, well, you know, and that was one of the very first things that we identified when we got together. That was definitely, uh, you know, the main priority. And For they, sure. va- they validated that and, and, and supported that. And, um, you know, we did our research. I mean, we realized there's other, you know, commercial lights that we can get and things that maybe, um, you know, would have been a little bit more of a commercial, like professional setup. But a, a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff required, uh, you know, special power arrangements that we don't necessarily have that had a huge cost associated with it on the back end to even help facilitate. So this was the most reasonable, um, you know, setup for the variables that we have, you know, in the equation uh, to work with. So uh, and it's a tried, tested and true light. 
there's Absolutely. lots of lots of data on this light. Um, so you can always upgrade it in a next in a future phase. That's right. And one light goes down, then it's easily uh, replaceable um, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was playing with the um, with the daisy chain feature for the dimming pache, and I was able to connect, I think, 12 or 13 lights into the chain at that point, and everything was working great. So there doesn't appear to be any limitations, you know, in that regard with how many can be controlled. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. So when we fir- when we booted up the first line of lights, Bache, you know, it was high fives <laughs> uh, all around. What is difference in that room with the bright lights? Um, you know, I was kind of, you know, dancing, uh, dancing around a little bit. Not going to lie. Um, they look incredible uh, with the new tables as well, Pache, which are still kind of in production. Um, they, they're taking some time. We're still waiting on the Britney's frozen lemonade uh, cuttings as well from up above. Um, so that's going to be a little bit of a wait. So, um, more to come on all this as that unfolds, but, uh, we really do continue with our rebuilding phase, if you want to call it for the time being. Um, so more to come on this commercial living soil grow, uh, here at home in Nova Scotia. Um, personally now, Pache, things are getting close. Uh, it looks like, um, I haven't pulled out the microscope just yet, uh, to really validate that and have a look. But uh, mm-hmm. I think in the next week or two, I'm going to start popping off uh, uh, little samples and uh, and having a check. Uh, Dad's two girls are still eating all their Wheaties every day. Um, <laughs> notice the stems are really tough, man. The, nice. uh, I do notice the uh, the buds are getting really, uh, really thick and dense um, and sticky, sticky, sticky. Um, nice. Didn't really want to move the plants too much uh, out of the tent today. I didn't do my regular remove them, you know, dump out the buckets, clean the buckets. What I did is just, re, you know, reinvigorated the nutrient supply, if you will. Sure. Kind of topped it up and um, just kind of took the skip leg day if you will with regards to that just because i didn't want to move the plants i figured i was just get starting to get in the range of you know starting to break so i figured if i just kind of skip leg day this week next week i'll do a full change and then if i need to go another week i might be able to skip leg day on the back end as well with you know taking them all out and, and do it just something i'm gonna have to do just in the name of not causing trauma to the plant i've kind of got one plant tied together if if it makes sense i've got one branch on one side of the plant that's hanging down tied to another branch on the other side of the plants that that's hanging down and then i've tightened it up a little bit which inadvertently bought both 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 branches up (laughs) so they're kind of balancing off each other it was the first time i ever did that it worked really well definitely stoner move it was like (laughs) you know having a puff thinking how am i gonna adjust that i'm gonna macgyver this (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um but other than that, uh, you know, if I could change one thing right now, Pache, now that I've had a chance to work this system for a bit, it would definitely be to re- to switch to a recirculating DWC. So I mm-hmm. could just avoid this problem. I could just flush right. the system out, just refill everything and then let her go again. Um, and I'm going to tackle that problem soon enough. And I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about that project and the things that I'm going to need to do that uh, each week. Uh, as I go through a Pache, so people will know. Um, but I do have my veg plants uh, ready to go as well. I'm back up now, ready to fill that tent when I do harvest uh, nice. in, in the upcoming weeks. So 
Um, but, you know, we have a huge episode tonight, so let's keep this uh, short for the updates this week because we do have a action-packed uh, episode. So let's go ahead and uh, get into... Um, it's time for Question of the Week. First, we medicate, then we educate. All right, Pajay, now you know the deal. Yes, let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Extract for me this time. Flower. Flower power. Oh, yeah. Awesome. What's the question of the week? <coughs> I forget. the question of the week is what is rso and how do you make it now this is the only episode we've ever done that comes with a disclaimer so here we go (laughs) love it basically don't fuck around and don't hurt anybody so here we go this is for informational purposes only PlantTherapy.live does not advise you to make RSO at home or in your yard or to work with highly explosive materials at all. Again, this is for informational purposes only. We are not responsible for any damages you incur by practicing anything discussed in this episode or any of our other episodes. Uh, So just don't do anything stupid and everything should be fine. This is just for education, okay? Yeah, (laughs) and I can't believe, you know, when I talk about oil with a lot of people, uh, you wouldn't believe, Pache, when I say, oh, how'd you make it? You know, just kind of give me, and there's a lot of people out there that do this in their kitchen, folks. And I'm sorry, I know multiple people that have burnt themselves and caused fires and explosions this way. So it's super important that you just remember that this is for information, you know, purposes only. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, let's get into answering the question of the week. RSO, right? Rick Simpson oil, right? And Pache, it's just like the oil we used to buy back in the day, mm-hmm. right? It's the same. I like, remember. It's made by the same process, uh, but it's just made. Had to, had to glaze bay. <laughs> it's just made famous by Rick Simpson, right? Made a lot of other people that wouldn't normally look for oil, <laughs> look for oil, you know, but, uh, he is, uh, you know, he really is my cannabis idol. Um, it's because of Rick that I even got the balls to do something illegal. <laughs> at That's the interesting. Yeah, because it was a risk reward type thing, right? He taught me more about the corruption in medicine, though, as I got deeper into mm-hmm. kind of learning about him and, and, and what he was doing and everything. Right. The RSO was just the beginning. Um And I say corruption because nobody wanted to hear his story at all, right? And he was really trying to prove things here. Um, I used to hang out on his website, and he had a chat on there. This was back in like 2005, 2006. And there was a live chat there where people that made oil would teach other people how to make oil and the healing properties of the oil and and stuff like that. I I met some nice people there, Pache. the first guy that ever posted a video of somebody taking oil for Parkinson's disease treatment, mm-hmm. the first person that ever posted one on YouTube was there, actually. Uh, Ronnie, 
Ronnie Smith was his name. Um, He's not the older gentleman because I have seen a video of a guy with Parkinson's taking it and it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Well, Ronnie Smith was this guy's name and he posted, I think I seen that video you're talking about, Bacha, you showed it to me and he posted a video very similar to that many years ago. Um, and uh, I used to talk to him in there and, and he would tell me uh, about the people that he was healing with the oil and how he was making it for some people that were sick. Um, I can remember feeling like this was the start of something magical Pache at the time. And um, he reached a point with me where he simply said, look, man, like I can't tell you or show you anything else that I haven't already done. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to see it for yourself. And he, he made it very simple. He, he told me to find somebody with a planner's wart and make a small batch of oil and to treat the wart with the oil and to watch what happened. And, and, and I, ironically, Pache, my life set me up with somebody that was already in that situation at that time. So it was very easy for me to just make the oil and go get that person. And um, it was the largest planner's wart that the doctor had ever seen. And it came off in four days and just left a nice clean hole. And that moment, Pache, changed my life forever. And That's so weird. Like, I didn't get wow. a chance to talk to him again after that because they ended up changing the website and they took the chat away. Um, he was running for sheriff of one of the one of the uh, towns in, in the U.S. Um, but anyway, I think about that moment very frequently because it really did kind of give me the moment of realization that I needed to know that this wasn't just a illegal drug anymore. It was an actual medicine. And if they were right about this one small thing that I just witnessed with my own eyes, then what else are they right about? Right. And that like, Oh, absolutely. So, but back to Rick and um, why the oil is called RSO and not oil, right? I mean, he's just he re, he rediscovered some of the medical properties of cannabis. Um, he released that run from the cure video, Pache, that you seen. Uh, yeah, I do remember. Yeah. And he was arrested locally here in Nova Scotia for growing cannabis in his yard mm -hmm. after he told the police that he was uh, growing cannabis in his yard, mind you. And he was, he keeps referring to it. And I agree because of this is what he was using it for. He was growing medicine. Exactly. And they raided his home for the last time when he was in Europe, accepting the freedom fighter, uh, freedom fighter of the uh, year award from Jack Hare, who was only able to get to make the trip. Uh, I think it was his last trip, Pache, uh, because the RSO that he was uh, using at the time was healing the diabetic ulcers on his legs. Um, but Rick stayed in Europe after his home was raided because he knew when he came home, he would have to go back to uh, go back to jail. And in a couple of years back, Pache, they even stayed as charges here in Canada. Oh, OK. But we, but we lost him. Uh you know, so he went on a cannabis mission worldwide and he's traveled the world as a cannabis activist. And in my opinion, honestly, has really driven the change that we see. <laughs> you know, he's written books, found a new love um, and had a stroke a few years back, lost a lot of his health at the time, was paralyzed on one of his uh, one of his sides. But uh, they said he was never going to walk again. And the last video update that he posted, he was, you know, well into recovery. 
So, and and it was him that kind of led me to Dr. Bob, Dr. Robert Malibade, who we talked about on another episode as well. So, you know, these guys kind of set me up with what kind of got me to this point. So that's all. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty cool, man. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what, what do you need to make, to make oil? Well, before you make oil, there's one thing. Um, why would somebody even want to make oil? Right. So for, you know, like, I mean, why, why would you make oil? Well, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. I, <laughs> I, I've been, I've been thinking about making oil lately because, you know, I've got, um, a mole that has raised and, you know, I'm obviously I'm going to be going to the doctor soon to get it checked out, um, because I believe in science and, um, but I'm also looking at how easily things like that have been fixed or cured um, through the Rick Simpson oil. And I find it very intriguing. And I would, I would really like to test it on myself. It doesn't seem harmful in any way. So it seems to have very little downside in, in testing. Um, and if it works, damn. You know, that's going to be absolutely incredible. And you're going to hear about it on this freaking podcast. That's quite it. That, that's what it means to me. You know, other other people, I mean, make oil, right? There's I can think of some other reasons why people would make oil. Cancer. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just, you know, not even looking from a medical perspective. Right. And people, I know people that would just have a large outdoor crop and they just can't house it all. So they want to make some oil. Mm. Right. Nothing can condense an entire crop down into a baby food container, you know, like, uh, like oil. But, uh, um, the only reason I made it was because of my mom, you know, to use as a medicine pot, Jay, at this time, because she had something that, um, was on the list for, for, for treatment. Um, but for me, it was just to push my limits, right? Just to eat some and see how high I can get for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Being the pioneer and the explorer that you are. <laughs> so, some people, uh, what you know, this do? <laughs> yes. Some people have a lot of popcorn bu- buds or, you know, bag bottoms and stuff like that. And they just don't feel like smoking it because it's too harsh. So they just make oil, right? So it's a little bit, uh, easier to smoke, but, uh, one thing I always want to bring up, right, when it comes to making this stuff, right, is decarboxylation, right? It's important that we talk about this frequently, Bajay, right? Mm-hmm. You've heard it come up on multiple, uh, you know, episodes and whatnot, right? Because if you're going to make oil for medicine, then decarboxylation is going to have to occur because it's different from making oil to smoke, if your intentions are to smoke it, in which case you wouldn't have to decarboxylate it, right? So it's all about the delivery. Right. So you need to know that ahead of time. If you're going to use it for medical, you're going to do it one way. And then if you're going to use it recreationally and you're just going to smoke it, then decarboxylation is not, you know, required. So you always got to think of its final destination. What's the final destination going to be of the product? And the route it's going to take. 
Right, exactly. So we covered this in another episode in season one. So if you're intrigued by that, go back and listen to the decarboxylation episode. We broke it down. Why go back and listen to that again, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, just kind of keep that in mind. But um, what do we need, Pache, if we're going to make oil? Well, um, people will ask, you know, does it need to be wet or dry? And I don't think it really matters, but I, I think you and I are both the same. Uh, dry is a bit better, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going to need a few buckets or containers, uh, some cheesecloth or maybe a coffee filter, um, a few coffee filters, uh, a rice cooker, um, and a solvent. And for the solvent, um, you can use isopropyl alcohol. Or naphtha, and I always, uh, and I always used ISO because it's yeah, really, me too. Yeah. And and so you want to make sure that the uh, the ISO, the isopropyl alcohol, is ninety nine point nine percent and with no additives. Oh, um, I, I, I once ruined a bunch of oil because no. of that pache. There was an additive in it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So uh, that can happen. So please be careful of that. Yeah. Always read the label. Oh. And and if the label tries to take you to a fa- like a fact sheet online, go to the fact sheet online and make sure you look. Good. That's a good tip. Because uh, I, yeah, I've always got, not luckily <laughs> that hasn't happened to me, but I didn't realize I needed to look for that. So that's good. Um, I also recommend having a syringe uh, with no needle. Uh, and a few clean vials or fibers or something to put the oil in to store it. Uh, in the old days, we used to use the um, the black f- uh, film canisters. Um, yeah, and you're going to need time. Uh, you're going to need lots of time. It takes a mm-hmm. while to filter the cannabis out of the isopropyl. Um, yeah, so you, this is a process that you do not want to rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, it's the filtration process, right? For for me, that takes the most amount of time. Um, and that's one of the main things that you have to do to to, to make perfect oil, right? Is to filter well. Um, so, well, speaking of filters, just to jump in, because um, I do have sort of a question. Because when you talk about cheesecloth or uh, coffee filters, because you know I have uh, for making the ice hash, I have those different bags, filter bags that mm-hmm. have the different microns. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be, you know, fine to use one of those? And what sort of level would you recommend, do you think? Well, you know, I, I don't know if that's a thing. I mean, maybe people have done that. I, I first, I'd have to take a look at what, you know, what that's made out of. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's it made out of? Like what type of material? Just like a mesh, like a. Um, you know, is uh, it something that can break down though under a solvent? No, because I uh, I use isopropyl alcohol to clean it. Well, I'll be honest with you, like the. Here's the thing. I always use like a two-step. Well, it turns into being a three-step filtration. Okay. Um, so, but why don't we just first talk about the soak, though? I think that's going to be the, the the smart thing to do because... Yeah, because ulti- I went wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately, the, the soak is going to come first anyway. Um, so, let's let's nail that down. Then we'll kind of hammer out a little bit of tips here on uh, on filtration and kind of what, I, what I've kind of learned about that and so what you've done you've, about it. You've basically picked all the buds off. You're, you have them in your cure jars. Now, you're thinking, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of the plant? 
Mm-hmm. And so now you're going to soak it in isopropyl alcohol. And then what? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I always leave it in, in ISO for uh, no more than seven minutes. Yeah, that's where I went wrong. I left it sit for way too long. Right. Seven minutes. Uh, isopropyl alcohol is a alkaloid and and the trikes are alkaloid soluble. And it happens almost right away. Right. So if you leave it past the seven minute mark, that's when the chlorophyll and the plant matter starts to break down and leach out into Mm. the into the oil. And that starts to give it a green color and eventually makes it really dark. Right. It's the number one mistake that that people make. Um, the, fir- the, f- the soak should be no longer than seven minutes. Even the second soak, the most recent batch of oil, the second. This is the first time because I always left the second uh, wash a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I, I, I even did a seven-minute uh, seven second wash. Soak. On the bee wash kind of. Yeah, I haven't boiled it off yet, so I don't know the results. So mm-hmm. maybe that's something we'll, we'll talk about. But, uh, um, yeah, that's the number one mistake. But... Uh, after it's, um, you know, so once it's done the, the seven minutes, Pache, I have everything in a bucket and I just put, uh, I put multiple layers of cheesecloth over the mouth of the bucket and then I dump everything into another bucket. Okay. Okay. So everything that comes through the cheesecloth of multiple layers, it comes out quick and the cheesecloth holds 90% of everything back. Okay. So you, you really want to get that as pure as possible? Well, for the first one. So now I have a second bucket with the uh, isopropyl alcohol in it, in it and a little bit of sediment. Then I take that and I drip it through a coffee filter. But I find that it goes through the coffee filter much faster if you do it good through the cheesecloth first. Okay, because you're, you're already pulling most of the plant material right. and debris out. So, so the... Um, so the uh, coffee filters don't fill up, the bottoms don't fill up and plug up with sediment very quick. So you get lots of use out of them, so they go pretty quick. Okay. okay. Super, super important. But then once it's filtered the second time, mm-hmm. that buddy hole, buddy, that I call that stuff liquid gold when it's in the bucket because it looks just, it looks gold. Everything that it touched, the, you'll, you'll even see on the, uh, uh, on the cheesecloth that, that it's gold. It's... Um, it's so it's just a beautiful thing so um but if you use like if you're using this like just to smoke this is the one and only way to do it right okay. there's no, there's no harshness right very minimum choking uh, ch- like choking and and coughing right or shitting through the eye of a needle because you <laughs> because you you leached out uh too much of the uh of the chlorophyll so just um yeah some important tips because i know you're getting uh ready to to make some yes uh, i have you know a new because i I do have you know i talk when i talk about my updates i'm talking about the three plants that i have that i've just flipped a flower but i do have one other plant that i don't talk about very much uh, because i'm still staying within my four plant limit and i um that one is ready to harvest in about 10 days and it's mm-hmm. the same strain and i just wanted to see it was the first time i ever grew in a christmas tree type fashion um and i didn't mainline so i just sort of wanted to see and experience it um nice. yeah so i just wanted to make a mention of that nice. now you made oil before Pache. 
I did. And I, this is what you do not want to do. Um, you know, it was in Alberta and it was Christmas time and it was cold, cold, cold. And we ended up, um, cooking it in a pot on the stove and we had like a trivet in between the burner and the pot. Um, and we had the windows all open. And so if you've ever been in Alberta in, uh, in the wintertime, you know, minus 30, you know, minus 40 sometimes. uh, I think you covered this in detail just, Uh, uh, not long ago. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to go into detail again. Yeah. Uh, but you do not want to do it. It luckily nothing bad happened, but things can so easily. And, 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 you know, if your house catches on fire, your neighbors, anyway, um, yeah, don't do it and just do it the rice cooker way. If you ever are going to do it. And, um, yeah, so, but we do not recommend, you know, just get your medicine from wherever you need to. Mm-hmm. be smart for it. yeah yeah exactly i mean that's our recommendation um for people that do choose to make uh oil you know um as smartly as smartly as they can when working with explosives right um you know is the the the, the real smart thing is to set up the rice cooker outdoors uh that's the only option that you're going to be able to do this you know with a bit of a peace of mind mm-hmm. um you know, myself personally, I've just set up the rice rice cooker outdoors on an extension cord in a spot that was well ventilated, you know, had a nice breeze blown, if you will, not in any kind of a nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would just fill up the rice cooker, flick it on high, and I just let uh, let it boil and let it keep boiling. As it go down, Pache, I would just keep filling it up, right? Um, did you guys keep your first wash and second wash separate when you were making it before? Or did. did you guys combine them? No, uh, we, cause we only made two washes and, uh, we did not combine them. We did keep them separately. Mm-hmm. Separated. That, that's where it's, that's where it's at. You know, mm-hmm. um, take, take advantage. Honestly, if you're, if you're out there and you're getting ready to make oil and you get to that moment where you've kind of done one wash and two washes and you're thinking, I could just throw these all in one bucket. Try not to do that. You know, I mean, if you do have a reason for it, go for it. But I mean, if it's optional to you, I do recommend keeping them separate. It's a much better experience. You'll end up with something that's very high end and then something that's average as opposed to ending up with something that's a little bit above average overall. Right. If that kind of makes sense. But um, yeah, so I've always, you know, but here's the key, Pache, when you get down, right? So you're you're working through your first wash. You keep adding it to the rice cooker as it's as it's boiling down, as it's boiling down, and you have nothing left, right, in the first wash. Mm-hmm. So um, once it's getting down to the very end, it, it's key to add a few drops of water. Um, it, you know, if if I've made like a lot of oil, then I'll add, you know, sometimes up to 10, 12 drops of water. If I've only made a smaller batch of oil, I'll only add four four drops of water. Right. So you just got to kind of keep that in mind. But that little, little extra water allows the the remaining isopropyl to completely boil off. Oh, um, nice. Good call. Yeah. And once it stops uh, boiling, you just turn it off right away. Just turn it off right away after that. So um, and then 
Sometimes I find, I don't know if you guys ran into this, but sometimes I find like once the boil is done, if you like let it cool just for a minute and you take a big sniff of it, you can sometimes sm still smell ISO. You ever been in that situation? Mm-hmm. And yep. that's kind of what I use as a key, right? Because there's been times when I shut it off and it looked done. And then I've taken, you know, a sniff of that and then said, hmm, you can still kind of smell a little bit of alcohol. So some people will like put it in the oven just on 100 degrees Fahrenheit for an hour. Oh. That will just allow whatever residuals are there to completely finish. Or some people just do something simple, Pache. They'll put it in like a, um, you know, those little coffee warmer, desk coffee warmers. They'll mm -hmm. put it in a metal cup and put it on that. But oh, uh, I have one of those. So, yeah, I might do that. It's probably harder to find a metal cup these days than it is to <laughs> find the warmer. <laughs> I think I might have one in our camping gear. <laughs> yeah, too funny. But uh, did you ever... Um, ever fill like vials of oil oh well yeah we um we filled film canisters and you know filled it up you know 90 percent the way to the top and uh and then we also had some like sort of like singles i guess single vials mm -hmm. um i can't remember if they were glass or plastic but uh i remember it being super time consuming trying to you know drip it all all in and yeah it takes a while it's a bit labor intensive, but worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're dealing with a lot of oil, that's definitely the answer for sure. You know, but at some point for some people, it's got to end up in little vials <laughs> and it's uh, eventually. You know, yeah. Yeah. You got to do that kind of when it's warm. I always found, though, there was like there was a spot where the oil was too hot. I think it was like when it got down to like maybe 86 degrees, something like that in that range celsius so whatever that was but i find it was just so easy to just work with if you especially if you were going to put it into little capsules Pache. you know the little uh those little clear capsules or yeah the little clear, clear capsules exactly um, um so if you are done would you put it on maybe low and just sort of keep the heat on just to keep the liquid fluid and viscous well, yeah, you could definitely do that, but you have to keep in to consideration, you know, decarboxylation. So you want to keep mm. that temperature low, mm -hmm. you know. That's so maybe turn it on low for five minutes, turn it off for five minutes, maybe turn it back on for five minutes. You, no, you just know. 100. If you could set it to 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I think okay. that would be, you know, or a little bit less than that. I think that would be totally sufficient because that's good, definitely going to make sure that any of the residuals, so the residuals will evaporate in the air. Should it be left long enough? Right. I'm just saying, if you're going to, if you're going to do it right away, then you need to make sure that you get that right. Because there's nothing worse than opening something up after the fact and saying, Hmm, interesting. That still has a alcohol kind of, you know, mm. smell to it, but yeah, I've always enough. used a syringe for everything. Those little syringes with, mm -hmm. a, with of course, with a no needle on it or anything like that. But, um, that's I've what always I use actually to measure out my nutrients. Yeah. After, um, after I filter everything through the cheesecloth, Pache, right. Mm -hmm. And when I get it into the bucket, I'll leave the bucket sit for a few minutes. And then any sediment that is in there will settle to the bottom of the bucket. And then I'll use one of those big syringes, like a 60 mil or a 100 mil, something like that. I'll use a big syringe and I'll draw the isopropyl alcohol from the top 
which is totally clean. So you're kind of using mm-hmm. the gravity filter process as well. Okay. That will slow things down. I used to have it set up wicked though for making a lot of oil. I used to have three rice cookers side by side by side. And even when I was filtering a project, I would have like 20 or 30 jars with coffee filters in the jars, you know, kind of extended over the jars. So they were sitting in it. So I could literally filter through 20 or 30 different coffee filters all at once. Speed up the process. I am really thinking, dude, like, like this process that I make hash, uh, you know, cause I use five bags, you know, mm-hmm. starting at a 220 micron going down to a 25 micron. And, uh, you know, so when I'm done, sometimes you can't get the bag super clean. And so sometimes I have to, you know, soak the, the mesh in isopropyl, right. Mm-hmm. And, and clean it that way. Um, and I've got a toothbrush that sometimes that I'll, I'll use to sort of scrub. I'm really thinking, you know, I set up these bags. I like, I, I run, I run, a um, an ice hash, um, run mm-hmm. and, um, instead of cleaning it, like I normally will, I can then maybe look at, um, if the manufacturer says that you can dip them in isopropyl alcohol to clean them, then that probably means they're okay with them. Yeah. Or they specifically say that that's what you need to do to clean them. Yeah. So you could probably run it through your work bag first and then. Because when, when I have it in the bucket, I've got like, I put the 25 micron bucket bag in and then the, you know, the 73 and then the, you know, the 120 or the 160. And then, um, so, and I run it all through. And by the time it's all in the bottom of the bucket, it's, it's, you know, everything is pulled out. Everything. Hey, so let's, let's put a call out to the cannabis army. Cause I've never tried it. If anybody in the cannabis army has tried this using bubble hash bags to use it as a filtration system for the isopropyl alcohol for making any type of a extract or an oil or RSO in the cannabis army. If you've got experience doing that, why don't you drop by our Facebook page and uh, go ahead and uh, make a post. Uh, let us know about Apache. What do you Ooh. think? Yeah, absolutely. Because now I'm, I'm super excited to try it. I'm sure somebody's got to try it. If not, we got to try this for the name 100% of, of all of the stoners on the planet. So imagine if it comes out so beautiful and pure. Oh my God. Oh, well, I can't see it being a bad thing once you get down to the, uh, you know, the lowest uh, micron sizes, Pache. So it might take a little bit of time, but you can kind of dump everything in as well. Yeah. And instead of being limited by the size of a coffee filter. So I'm yeah. excited, you know, talking about this stuff with you each week still gets me excited. Um, you know, maybe, uh, we'll get a report from you on this or somebody in the cannabis army, and this will be something new that we try making, uh, oil moving forward. Um, anything else you want to add to this week, Pache? No, no. I think the, uh, the only thing I want to add is you were damn close. You were actually, you're pretty much spot on with your, uh, time estimate. You Oh, yes, sir. (laughs) I said, uh, tonight's going to take about 42 to 44 minutes. Is that what I said? Yeah, that's what you said. That's what you said. Notice how I tactfully drag it out for just another couple of seconds to put me in the window. I I thought it was going to be a a little longer. And uh, (laughs) and I was was looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to nail this right on. Yeah, there's not, you know, at the end of the day, there's not a lot to make in oil. The, The number one important thing is to remember that. Uh, safety. It's it's safety, <laughs> highly explosive. So that's all. Cool. So, Pache, we'll get together next week. You know it, man. 
All right. Have a good week. You too, buddy. Have yourself a good week. And uh, everyone else, stay safe and uh, stay high, stay lit. <laughs> Take care, Cannabis Army. Bye-bye. All right. My name is Ray. And I am Pache. Head on over to Facebook and search Plant Therapy Live and go ahead and smash that like button. Tell the beginner growers out there, be sure to go back and listen to season one because there's lots of good stuff there. Just go to planttherapy.live. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. This is Plant Therapy Live. Over and over. This is Plant Therapy Live. Anytime, 24-7, check it out. Turn your average grow into a savage grow of four plants. Close to 700 grams the first grow. 640 grams the second grow. 1,100 grams the third grow. Find out how he does it and more. Each week, we answer a question from a grower just like you. My name is Ray. And I'm Pache. Oh, there is all fresh edits all for you. Plant Therapy Live.